this is Austin Michaels, and um, we are again um, doing a commentary on Matthew, and I ended with Matthew chapter 3, and now I'm on Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Now, I actually did an entire commentary on Matthew 4, 1 through 11 already, but somehow my audio got deleted or didn't record or something. And so I did it this morning, and now I'm doing it late at night, the same one. So it's going to be redundant to me, but hopefully it's new to you. And um, so I hope this doesn't get deleted, and I sure hope that it... Um, is just as good as it was this morning. And so we are going to be talking about um, Jesus and how he was led to be tempted by the devil. Now I'm going to read to you the passage of scripture. Let's start with verse 1 in Matthew chapter 4. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered, hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me, then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So we find that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan. And so the Holy Spirit led Jesus specifically so that he could be tempted of the devil. We are told by Jesus himself to pray Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And if we look at the Gospel of Mark, 
it makes it a little bit more dramatic. He actually says this Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. And so it would seem like why we could ask why would the Holy Spirit actually drive and kind of almost force Jesus into the wilderness so that he would be tempted by a devil. I always pray, as the Lord taught us, don't lead me into temptation. I believe that Jesus seemingly in the scriptures is the only person whom the Holy Spirit led into temptation, specifically driving him into temptation. And I believe it's because Jesus is the God-man. He's the only one that has the full potential to overcome the devil. And so I don't believe it's God's will for us to be tempted of the devil all the time, especially to be led into temptation. Of course, the Holy Spirit drove him into temptation, not led. Um, so we should pray, lead us not into temptation. It was, however, God's will for Jesus Christ to, in this instance, be led into temptation. Which, by the way, will give us a beautiful picture of how he overcame. That's probably why he did. Jesus fasted 40 days straight in the wilderness. And then was hungry. Meaning he was about to starve to death. Whenever you, I hear, fast for 40 days. Which I have not practiced, of course. So, <laughs> I don't know this. But from those who um, have, apparently. Or know someone who has. That once you start fasting, you're not hungry. But after fasting for that long, you become hungry. That means your body is about to starve to death. Literally. And Jesus, this shows us Jesus had perfect self-control. Even at the brink of starvation... Though his body was weak from hunger and the physiological part of his flesh surely craved food. Nevertheless, in spite of all this and, and also being tempted by Satan in his mind to eat food, turn, turn stones into bread. Um... Jesus declined in order to obey the Father's will, even if it meant starving to death. Hmm. What a contrast from Adam. Consider Adam and Jesus. Jesus was weak in the flesh. In a wilderness, starving to death, and alone, he was alone. 
he overcame Satan's physiological and psychological need for food. Adam, on the other hand, who was strong in the flesh, having plenty of food, could eat from any tree if he was hungry, in a beautiful garden, with any food to crave his appetite, a perfect environment, still caved into his appetite being strong when Jesus was starving to death and he did not cave. This shows us that what Jesus Christ can do in his weakness, man cannot do in his strength. Jesus Christ overcame Satan in his very weakest moment. Satan waited to tempt Jesus in his weakest moment. Man at his greatest strength ever in history didn't overcome Satan. So what Jesus can do in, in weakness, we cannot do in strength. Um, by the way, that shows us that a perfect environment is by no means a safeguard against temptation. People think if you just had a better environment, you won't be tempted to do evil. That's completely false. No wonder scripture says the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. By the way, if I yawn, I'm doing this at 11 o'clock at night. I'm um, sorry about that. I had one done in the morning, but like I said, it somehow got deleted. So now we're going to look at Satan's um, first temptation of Jesus. The tempter said, If or since thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made into bread. Now, Jesus, that Satan tempted Jesus to turn stones into bread, meant that Satan knew Jesus had the ability to turn stones into bread. I cannot be tempted to turn stones into bread because I can't do that. I can try all I can, but I can't do that. And so that Jesus had the ability to turn stones into bread probably shows that he's God. Even Elijah and Elisha couldn't do that unless it was God's will for them to do that. Now, if or since thou be the Son of God, if the Greek word for if can also be translated since. In other words, if you're the Son of God or since you're the Son of God, command these stones be made into bread. Now the term Son of God, the title Son of God, refers to his divinity. Because this because he is a son of God because he's born of God. He's conceived of the Holy Spirit, who is God, and therefore he is God. Therefore, the Son of God title is referring to Jesus' divinity, that he's actually God's Son. Not like we are God's Son in the same sense. We are God's Son because we are adopted. He's God's Son because he actually is conceived of God. Being God, always being God. And this is what when Satan tempted Jesus when he was starving to death to turn stones into bread, 
Uh, Jesus, I actually quote a perfect passage of scripture that deals with the heart of the issue. And he quotes Deuteronomy 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 3. Um, Jesus actually brings, if you read it in context, it's an amazing passage of scripture. He doesn't just find a passage of scripture about food because of intent by food. That that the context of the what why the children Israel died when he manna fits perfectly with what Jesus' point is. Let me read to you Deuteronomy eight verse one through three. All the commandments which I command thee. This day shall ye observe to do. Now Moses is speaking, by the way. That ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. To humble thee and to prove thee. To know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep this commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest, knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. That he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Now, what Jesus is quoting in context, Deuteronomy says, Moses reminds the Israelites in the Old Testament. Remember when you were in a wilderness and um, God was testing you whether you would uh, keep his commandments or not. Some of you were hungry. Some of you ate manna. But you eating physical manna or being hungry is not what kept you alive or you died from. No one died from hunger that we're aware of. Rather, they had to keep God's commandments. I don't care if their bellies were full of food. They died if they didn't obey God. And so Jesus says to Satan... In, in, in context of this passage, is Satan, I have to obey the Father's will more than food. Physical food alone doesn't keep you alive. Many of the Israelites, Israelites literally died from fiery serpents, diseases, plagues, the, the sword, because they disobeyed God. They could not literally live just by eating food. They had to live by obeying all God's commands. Very Jesus quotes this passage and uses it in a very literal sense. And so, um, we learn that we cannot live by only eating food and having a life. House, land, food. We have to learn to obey God's commands. Second temptation. The devil took Jesus into Jerusalem onto the highest point of the temple. 
Satan says, If for since thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Then Satan actually says the words, For it is written. He actually says, It is written. And then he will quote scripture. Satan can't quote scripture. Here's what Satan says. He quotes from Psalm 91, 11, and 12. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now Satan... Quotes the verse, not word perfect, but there's a few phrases. He he uh, skips one phrase and adds two words, and it does kind of change the context. So Satan quotes to Jesus and basically says, "Look, you're the Messiah." This is obviously a messianic psalm, according to Satan. Um, I believe it is for other reasons. I think he knew which psalms were messianic. But anyways, he tells Satan, basically, you can jump off, because the angels are going to protect you. You won't even dash your foot against stone. Here's what Psalm 9, 11, 12 says, the actual psalm. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. The context of Psalm 91 suggests that because Jesus, uh, in all Jesus' ways, he pleased the Father, that the angels would keep him safe in all his ways. In case he gets in trouble, he won't even dash his foot against a stone, because he followed God's will in all the ways. Satan makes it sound like Jesus can do whatever he wants. And he he just jumps off, jump off the building, jump off the temple. He's in the top of the pinnacle of the temple, just jump off and the angels will save thee. Well, in context, Psalm 91 says, because Jesus is Messiah, because he's righteous, he's doing all God's will, then he will the angels will keep him safe from the Pharisees and all the evil people. Not that he can do whatever he wants. And at any time, as Satan says, that less at any time thou dash your foot against a stone. Well, the psalm doesn't say any time. It just says, less thou dash your foot against a stone. And so, as long as you see the Father's will, the, the, the angels would keep him safe. Satan makes it sound like, do whatever you want, the angels keep you safe. Psalm 91 adds, in all thy ways. And, and not, Adding any time they'll dash your foot against stone. So Satan just twists the psalm enough to make it seem that Jesus can do whatever he wants, jump off a tower, and angels keep him safe. Psalm 91 suggests that because he is righteous, what he's doing the right thing, not by jumping off the temple, but by doing the right thing, he'll be kept safe. He does make the entire psalm quotation different in context when Satan takes away from God's word and adds. 
And by the way, that is an example that Satan, in the short quotation of scriptures, Satan skipped over scriptures and he adds scriptures. Um, I should add that God does keep us safe, but if we do stupid stuff, God allows us to receive the consequence of our actions. And so, that is a satanic trick. It's kind of like, it's bizarre, but it's kind of like you felt like God told you to jump off a bridge and trust Him. If you jumped off a bridge, you'd probably die hit the ground. So it makes me wonder if Satan was trying to get Jesus to commit suicide because he misapplied the verse. Whether or not angels would actually catch Jesus is a different story. But if Satan did that to Jesus Christ, how much more would he convince one of us who may be weak in the faith or not understand God's ways to actually jump off a bridge um, and think that that's faith? Uh, it's not. It's suicide and it's stupid. Now, Jesus simply answers Satan in a single phrase and says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And so he um, simply takes a verse and makes it very clear that Scripture says you should not tempt the Lord thy God. I'm God, and so don't tempt me. Very clear, very quick, um, like a sword stab. He hits at the heart of the issue. Jesus does. Um, and by the way, that does mean that he made himself God to Satan. In other words, you're tempting me who's God. Satan doesn't argue with Jesus on this. It works. Jesus only and quickly quotes scriptures twice so far, and it worked and Satan keeps going on. Uh, scriptures is a powerful passage, uh, a powerful tool against Satan. In fact, it's the only tool Jesus used. Jesus did not use his God power or his might or send 10,000 angels against Satan. He uses God's words so that we too can use God's words and not have to worry about having supernatural powers. Jesus said an example we could follow. Yet his example is so, so high that we cannot follow. Now, it does bring up a... A um, particular point and I want to end with this we'll get to t the third temptation on the next episode but James says that God cannot be tempted with evil and he doesn't tempt anyone Jesus is God but he's also man because Jesus is God and man he is a, a two natures. So whenever. And this is called a hypostatic union. That God is both. Jesus is both God and man. Fully God. Fully man. Um, truly God. Truly man. Everyone say it. And so since Jesus is truly human. He can be tempted by the devil. But because he's truly God. The temptation has no draw or pull on him. He cannot be tempted. And so whenever you find seemingly contradictions in Jesus' lifestyle, you have to understand much of it can be said to be uh, one nature of Jesus to the other nature. God cannot get tired, but Jesus got tired because Jesus was human. But how did Jesus do all these miracles and raise himself from dead and by his own authority 
raise up Lazarus? Well, because he's God. And so you can go through the scriptures and find what, when Jesus shows his human nature and when Jesus shows his divine nature. So it's not a contradiction to say Jesus can be tempted because he was human, but because he was God, God cannot be tempted. God doesn't have a flesh and nature that tempts him. When we get hungry, we want food. God doesn't have a physical body has a desire for food. He can't be tempted by food. He's God. Uh, we desire uh, sex. We, we desire uh, a wife or a man many times. Because we have these physical, logical desires God created to be um, used in a proper desire. So we can be tempted to have um, a relationship with another person that's not our husband or wife. God doesn't have that temptation. He's not a physical human being with those desires. He created us with desires, but he himself does not. So he cannot be tempted by sin. There's no tempted of evil from God. We can be. Jesus could be because he's human. Therefore, Jesus understands fully what it means for us to be tempted. When you say, Lord, I'm being tempted, it's so hard for me. Jesus says, I know. He can pray. He can say something to the effect of, I know. I too was tempted. I felt it. Because he's fully human, he fully understands us. But because he's fully God, he can fully save us. He is a perfect high priest. And so I want to end with that uh, for now. In the next um, lesson, we will just dive into temptation number three. Just to make this easy on me because I'm tired. And um, so may God bless you. And may... Um, God help you to see that Jesus is our perfect high priest. That he was tempted in every way like we are, yet without sin, as Hebrews says. Amen.